Today we are continuing our series on, on basically just the, the church, the, the, the true church, and we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit of God works in us. Um, I want to start off with uh, just a little, a little story about how American Indians used to train their, their braves after, you know, after they learned how to hunt, scout, and fish. Whenever they turned 13 years old, the dad would take his son, he'd blindfold him, put him out in the wilderness all by himself, and the boy had to survive the night by himself just to sort of prove his manhood. And so after the dad left, it was then the boy would remove the blindfold and had to sit there and try to make it through the entire night. Now, as you can imagine, whenever he heard any sound uh, for the first time by himself out in the woods, he was scared to death thinking that something was coming after him. And after just an absolutely frightful night, the boy would make it through to the next day. But he would begin to look around, and as the sun was coming up, if he looked behind him, what he noticed was the entire time his dad had been there with a bow and arrow at the ready, protecting his son, unbeknownst to him. And I, and I thought about that, and I thought about how that relates to the Holy Spirit, because I think that there are a lot of times as we are in this life that, that we just feel alone. We feel like that we've been abandoned. We feel like that you know, there's, there's things that happen in our lives, and we wonder, where's God? You know, what, what's going on? Has God forgotten about me? And then you see things that happen in life that are just absolutely incomprehensible and we don't understand them and we don't know why they happen. And we, we can ask the question, is, is God even, does God even care? Does God even know what's going on? Well, that's why I think today's message is important for us because what we discover is that God has given a promise to His people that He will never, ever leave us. That even whenever we physically can't see Him, that He is there with us in spite of what we think. And so if you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn with me to John chapter 14, and we're going to look in verse number 15 here in just a few moments and try to try to figure out, you know, what exactly is the Holy Spirit? What exactly is it that the Holy Spirit does in our lives? And just to give you some background information Jesus had just told his disciples that he was that he was getting ready to leave them. And this was devastating news. He wasn't just like going on a vacation. I mean, Jesus was telling them, I'm going to the cross and I'm going to die. And the disciples were devastated, of course, at the news because they had invested every day and every night of their lives for three years with Jesus thinking the entire time that Jesus was going to set up this new kingdom, that they were going to get to be a part of it, you know, they're going to be rulers with Jesus, they were excited, and then Jesus throws a monkey wrench in everything and says, well, I'm getting ready to die. And so the disciples felt like they were being abandoned, and they began to wonder, well, when Jesus is gone, I mean, what, what are we going to do? You know, we're going to be left all alone, it's like, it's like God is forgetting about us. But in the scripture we're going to, to examine today, we're going to see that Jesus gave a promise. And he said, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm sending somebody in my place. And the one that he was sending was the Holy Spirit. Now, that, I know that that's sort of, when we talk about that in church, we, and I know that we've, most of you have heard of the Holy Spirit, but it's just sort of one of those things we kind of talk about him, but we don't really know what he does. And what, what, you know, who is the Holy Spirit? What's his role? Well, today we're going to see Jesus explain to us what the Holy Spirit does. And one, basically, I can just in a little nutshell, you can't leave yet, but I'm just giving you a nutshell what's going on here. In a nutshell, it's, he's with us right now. He's with his people. He will guide us and direct us. But we're going to see more specifically how he operates. 
Um, now, before I continue on, I meant to say this earlier. You know, we have a guy, I know he's be probably, he'll be very excited I'm doing this. Ken Crow has uh, been in Iraq on vacation uh, for the last, how long is it, eight months? Six months. That's just close. Uh, so the last six months, and so Ken is back with his wife and baby. So, Ken, if you would, would you just raise your hand up? A lot of you guys have been praying for him. So we are we are thrilled to death that Ken is back, and so man, we we prayed for him. I know many of you've been praying for Ken, so that's an answered prayer. And uh, Tammy, we are we are excited for you as well. We hope that you still like him uh, after he's been gone for so long. But but we are we are thrilled that Ken that Ken's back. All right, just want to throw that in there. It has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit, other than the fact that he brought him back. Um, all right, so what does the Holy Spirit do? All right, for a few ways that the Holy Spirit works in our lives. First of all, the Holy Spirit works in our lives today as, and this will seem strange, but He is, he is our defense or our defense counselor. And you say, okay, now what is that all about? Let me, let me read you in verse number 15. It's what Jesus said. He's talking to His disciples. He's just told them, I'm getting ready to leave you. But in verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, He said, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, God the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Now, you might be thinking, well, okay, he's going to, he's going to give us another counselor. Uh, just as a side note, the word counselor is a law term. Uh, it literally means, it means a lawyer, an advocate, uh, one who will defend you in court. Now, you might think, well, why do I need a lawyer? You know, the only people who need defense attorneys are who? Yeah, criminals. And, and as I look out at you guys today, I know none of you have a really none of you are criminals. And if you are, don't tell us because we like to think good things about you. And so we, you know, the, I look at you. You say nobody in this room needs a defense attorney. Well, this is what's interesting. We're, we're not talking about human law here. We're talking about God's law. And according to God's law, every one of us has broken the law of God at some point. Now, my guess is that most of you are not going to have any trouble agreeing with me on that. Now, you say, you know, I think all of us can admit, admit at least one time in your life you've messed up. You've not done what God's wanting you to do. Would you all agree with that? Would you agree with that for the person sitting next to you? Okay, yes. Okay, now we could all agree to that. So you might say, well, why, why do I need a defense attorney? Because the Bible says that according to God's law, we have broken His law and we stand guilty before God. Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, because we've broken the law of God, that means that we don't get to enjoy the freedom that God offers people. We don't get to enjoy heaven. Now, you know, just to make this a little more interesting, when you, when you think of heaven, what is one of the fringe benefits of heaven? You know, want to share with me? Eternal life. You live forever. The last time I checked, seriously, I, I, I am yet to talk to somebody who says, you know what, if it, came, if it comes to eternal life or me being obliterated, I, I, would choose, I would choose obliteration. I mean, everybody I know says, I want to go to heaven, even if you don't believe in it. You might say, but if there is a heaven... I, I think I would like to be there, right? I mean, right? We want to be there. But the Bible says that because we are guilty on our own, as we stand on our own, we will miss out on the benefit and the reward of heaven. 
Now, I just want to let you all know where I'm coming from. Whenever we come to church, we, we preach out of the Bible. I believe this is, this is truth. So I just want you to know where I'm coming from. I believe that God's Word, that the Bible, is the guide for our faith and our practice. So according to the Bible, when it comes to God's law, we break it and we're in trouble. And there's going to be a day when we'll stand in judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says, It is appointed unto man once to die and then to face the judgment. That's what the Scripture says. Now, we all know that when a person faces judgment, when a person goes into court, he has the right to a defense counsel. Uh, there is a lawyer who will help him defend himself against the accu accusations that stand against him. That's in the American court system. Interestingly, interestingly enough, God set up the same system for us. He said, there's going to be a day when you're going to stand before me in judgment. He said, but I want you to know that I will offer you a defense counsel. Who's the one who's going to defend us when we stand before God? Well, according to our scripture today, it is our counselor. That's what Jesus said. He said, I will send you another counselor. Again, the word counselor means one who represents you at court. One who will stand at your side and plead your case. It also means one who is a comforter and a friend. Now, Jesus said, I'm getting ready to leave. But he said, I'm sending a counselor to stand in my place. One who will, who will stand before you, before God, to defend your case. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Now, in this world, we can feel alone. We can feel like, where's God? Is God doing anything? And Jesus says, I am sending one who will stand for you. How does, how does the Holy Spirit stand for us? Well, whenever, whenever we sin, the job of the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, is to convict us of sin. If you're a follower of God and you do something that is contrary to God's Word, you're going to have this sense in your spirit, and I screwed up. I've, I have done wrong, and I, I, I know that I've not done right. That is the Holy Spirit working in you. Not only that, whenever you do sin against God, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, He will intercede for you. He stands as a lawyer before you, and He talks to God, and He knows just what to say to God in order to communicate with God about who you are. Romans 8, 26 and 27, two of my favorite verses in Scripture. It says, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us, that means you, in our weakness. You know, there are times when we do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been there before? You just don't know how to pray. You don't know what to say. It says, but the Spirit Himself will intercede for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. What does that mean? It means that the Holy Spirit knows how to talk to God for you. He knows how to intercede in your behalf. He knows how to be your defense counsel. You know, if you, if you were on trial for some crime that you had committed, you would be offered a defense counsel. One thing I guarantee you none of us would want to do is try to defend ourselves. We would want somebody else to step in for us because they've been trained. They know what lawyers know, know what to do concerning in, in a court of law. Now, I think there are some times when people think, well, you know, when I die and I stand before God, I'm going I'm to talk to God on my own. I'm going to give God a piece of my mind. 
I'm going to let God know how I was not done right in this world. Guys, let me tell you something. When we stand before God, I promise you none of us are going to be spouting off to God. The Bible tells us, says, that there will be a day when every knee shall bow before God. And it says every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. No matter who you are, there will be a day when you're going to drop to your knees, when you stand before God. Now, the good news is that God says, I know that you're not going to be able to speak before me, so I will give you the Holy Spirit to speak for you. And he will stand with, he will stand with my people forever. He will be your counsel for all time. It's very difficult to find people who will be loyal to you for all time. You know, for some of us, whenever we, uh, we, we look at life, we see that people will stand with us when things are going well. But whenever things begin to kind of turn south, then people will bail out on you. It's like rats jumping off a burning ship. They don't want to be anywhere near you. But the Holy Spirit will stand with you. According to Jesus' words today, He says He will stand with you forever. And He will stand with you and He will give you power. You know what? I, I want, if I'm going to have a lawyer... I want somebody like that. I want somebody who's going to stand with me through thick and thin. I want somebody who's going to stand with me regardless of what my past has been and regardless of what I might do in the future. I need somebody to stand with me. And it better be the Holy Spirit. Because He's the one who can speak for us before God. In 1998, there was an American wrestler named Zeke Jones. He was wrestling uh, an Iranian in, in Tehran, 12,000 Iranians were in this arena. Wrestling is, I mean, it's huge. Uh, it's huge over there. It's huge out where I, where I grew up. Uh, I, I, I don't know if any of you are, I'm not talking about like, uh, you know, WWF or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, like Olympic wrestling. Y'all, I hate wrestling. I, this, has, I, this is not in my message at all. This has nothing to do with, this is not spiritual. I'm just going to tell you all this. Uh, when I was in high school, where I grew up, wrestling was huge where I grew up. We used to have assemblies where we had to watch our wrestling team. Oh, I mean, it was just awful. Anyway, okay, I just wanted to say that. Emily's not Emily's brothers were state champion wrestlers. When we were dating, I had to, you know, I was trying to get her to marry me, so I would go to the wrestling matches. Oh, I would rather, I would rather pull my fingernails out than watch wrestling. But anyway, so back to the story. Uh, Zeke Jones won, he won a silver medal. He's wrestling this Iranian guy. He, he wins the match. And as you guys know, Iran and America, uh, were, were not exactly the best of friends. And so they weren't really excited about this guy being there, but he wins the, or he loses the match, but he's so excited he wins a silver medal because he wasn't supposed to win anything. So he wins a silver medal, and the Iranians are, are glad for their guy to win, but he runs over, the American runs over, he grabs an Iranian flag, and he just starts waving it. He's running around like a crazy man. You know what the, the Iranians did? Normally they chant, Death to America. Okay? This day, when they saw that guy do that, they were just so overwhelmed at what he was doing, they began to chant his name, and they began to chant, America. America, And they just kept going. They were going crazy for the United States. It might be the only day in the history that that's ever happened there. But they were going crazy for this guy as he was waving their flag. Now, in a sense, that is what the Holy Spirit does for us. The Holy Spirit is one who champions us. Now, let, let me try to apply it like this. Let's say that, you know, on our own, we're not very, uh, in our own deeds, we, we are not pleasing to God because we've sinned against him. But whenever we run over and we grab the banner of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I am trusting in you, and we begin to wave around the banner of the Holy Spirit, when God looks at us, 
Now, he might not be pleased with the sin that's in our lives, but whenever he sees that we are hanging on to the Holy Spirit and we are proudly proclaiming the banner of him, God has a soft spot in his heart for you. Not because of your deeds, not because you've earned his good favor, but because he sees that you've attached your life to the Holy Spirit of God. Now, what does that mean for us today? Well, it Guys, let me tell you what it means. It means if you are latched on to God, it means if God be for us, then who can be against us? And nobody can. That's why, that's why one of the great works of the Holy Spirit is the work of the Holy Spirit is, is He is our defense counselor. Now, that's the second thing I want you to see. The work of the Holy Spirit also, the way He works in our lives today, He works as really as, as like a father for us, as a guide, a father. Look with me in verse number 18. Uh, In verse number 18, Jesus said this. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. Jesus was the father figure for the disciples for for three years, day and night. He was the guy who was was their spiritual leader. And then he tells them, I'm leaving. And they felt like we're getting ready to be orphans here, basically spiritual orphans. But Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm sending somebody else for you who will stand in my place. Now, all of us have fathers. Everybody in this room has a father. Now, I don't know what your relationship with your dad was like or is like. I mean, some of you, I'm sure, have a wonderful relationship with your father. My father and I, we are, uh, we're, we're very close. Um, and my dad and I, we like to get, we get together usually once a week or once every couple of weeks, and we, we go out to the golf course, and we, we hit the golf ball around. Not very well, but we have a good time together. Uh, so we have a good relationship. I know others of you, 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 you might not have a good relationship with your father. So when I mention... God being like your father, that might not appeal to you a whole lot. Others of you don't even know who your father is, maybe. But there's one thing that all fathers have in common, and that is that there will be a day when all fathers will leave. When all fathers will be gone. I mean, we're finite. Jesus, as a father to these men, was getting ready to leave. And he said, but I, I'm, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send somebody else to work with you while I'm gone. Well, who is he going to send? And if I was one of the disciples, I'd be thinking, I don't want anybody else. The only thing I want, I just want you, Jesus. But Jesus says something very interesting. If you you go back and you look in verse number 16, Jesus said, I'm going to send you another counselor. And we already said that word counselor is his lawyer. But there's an important word I want you to focus on in that verse. It's the word he says, another counselor. Now, that word another is really interesting because that word another, it means one of the same kind. Jesus was telling his disciples here, he says, I know you think I'm abandoning you. I'm not. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit, one of the same kind. He's saying, I, he's not just sending any, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry to come and be with the disciples. He's saying, I am sending one who is as me. You see, Jesus for three years had lived with the disciples. What he's doing now he says, I am I'm physically leaving, but now I'm sending the Spirit who is like me, who is the same as me, as powerful as me, and He will live within you. He will live within you. The Holy Spirit has been sort of a strange uh, doctrine or something to understand, especially for Baptists. Um, Baptists in general have been, we've tried to hide from emotion, 
And when you think the Spirit of God, you think I'm being led by the Spirit. We typically are much more linear. And so we've sort of avoided the work of the Holy Spirit. So we get nervous about it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm, one of the, I'm, I'm just a nervous guy. You know, if something's not down on paper and it's not ABC, then I am, I'm totally lost. And so people say, well, we're just going to let the Spirit move us. I'm like, man, don't do that. You know, make sure that you got a plan, not, not that, because I don't know what that means. Uh, but the, the Spirit of God... Is, is, it's, this has the same power. He has the same power. He is the same as Jesus. Now, now, why is the Spirit of God so important? Well, in the Old Testament, you'll see that there are times when the Spirit of God moved. And here's the difference between Old Testament Spirit and New Testament. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would come and He would touch people's lives and work with them, but then He'd leave. In the New Testament, Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes, He will come and He will live within you forever. What does that mean for us today? Church, here's what it means. It means right now, if you're a follower of God, God is present with you right now. We have the power and the presence of God available to us as a church and as Christians right now. Church family, that means that we, through the power of God right now, can transform this community. Not because of us, but because the Spirit of God is within us. That's that's what a father is supposed to do. A father leads. A father is an authority figure. He guides and directs us in the way that we should go. That's how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. Those of you who are fathers, those of you who remember your fathers, you remember what your dad did. Your dad, he would, he would discipline you. He would harness, he would try to harness that crazy personality of yours and kind of bring it down into focus so that you would be productive in everything that you did. That is what the Holy Spirit does with us. Whenever we wander from God, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Say, so, ah, you've got to get back on the path again so that you will live in a way that will bring honor to God. Now, how does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? He's a defense counselor for us. He's our Father. And then the last thing I want you to see, another way the Holy Spirit works in our lives, is He works in our lives as one who loves us. He demonstrates love to us. Now, the last two verses I'm going to read to you, verses 20 and 21. That's what Jesus said. He said, On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Now Jesus starts off by saying, on that day. What day is that? On that day is referring to the day Jesus is resurrected from the dead. And then he ascends into heaven. Now Jesus mentions on that day because it is the most, it is a... Jesus knew the resurrection was going to change everything. It was going to transform human history. Y'all, it has. It has has divided time. There's before Christ and then after, right? It it has changed our world. Now, here's how it changed according to Jesus. Jesus knew that on the day of the resurrection, after he was resurrected from the dead, and after Pentecost, he was going to ascend into heaven. He would leave here physically. But when he left here physically, he was sending the Holy Spirit to live within his people forever. Jesus physically had to leave before the Spirit of God would come to to dwell within us forever. 
Now, the disciples, I'm sure they're thinking, Jesus, we'd just rather you stay here. But if he did that, as a, in the human flesh, Jesus would have been limited. He couldn't be with all of us all around the world in the human body. So he left so that the Spirit of God could come and indwell all of his followers. That says that the Spirit dwells within us. Now, here's something that I think is interesting. If the Spirit dwells within you. If anyone's going to live with you, man, they've got to love you. If anybody's going to live with you, they've got to love you. You know, you just don't live with somebody, for not forever, if you don't like them, if you don't love them. Think about marriage. When you get married, and this is just the, the practical aspect of marriage, but let's just remove the, the love part right now. When you ask somebody to marry you, you are asking that person to live with you. You don't just ask anybody to do that, do you? I mean, there's a lot of people that I like them, but I think, man, ain't no way I'm going to live with them. Now, when Emily and I got married, I, in essence, what I was asking is I was asking her to live with me. And uh, we have been, I, at first service, I said we've been living together for 18 years. I got a qualify. We've been married, you know, to, and, and, and living together for 18 years. Now, because of that, when you live with somebody, you get to know them better than anybody else, right? Um. You guys, you know, most of you guys know me as I'm the guy that, that talks to, y- to y'all every Sunday. Yeah, I'm the pastor. But there is somebody that knows me better than y'all. And it's, and it's Emily. Emily knows me better than all of you. You know what Emily knows about me? I'm not, now I'm not going to tell y'all everything. Because i gotta, I got to have an image i got to protect. But Emily, what she knows about me, she, she knows what I'm like every day. She knows what I look like in the morning. You know, my hair's absolutely just like sticking up everywhere, and I've got bloodshot eyes. She knows what I look like. She knows, uh, you know, she, she, you know, she smells my bad breath in the morning. Y'all don't. Y'all just see me all nice and clean. Uh, she knows what I'm like when I'm in a good mood. She knows what I'm like when I'm in a bad mood. She knows me because we've lived together, and we've lived together all these years. And she still lives with me. Why do you think she still lives with me? Because because of money. No, I'm kidding. Now, you know, you know how she still, you know how she still lives with me. She still lives with me because she loves me. That's it. I'm gonna tell you something. After a while, I can't. I mean, I man, I could, I suckered her pretty good before we got married. You live with somebody, they get to know you. They stay with you because they love you. Now, here's the deal: the Holy Spirit. For believers, when we follow Jesus, the Bible says the Spirit comes to dwell within you, and He will live with you forever. Why would He do that? Because He loves you. It's not because it's something you've done to deserve Him. It is very simply because He loves you. And as much as my wife and your wife and your husband loves you, it doesn't compare to the love that God has for you. It doesn't compare to the kind of knowledge that, that, that your spouse has about you. God knows you better than anybody else. Hebrews four twelve and 13 says, Nothing in creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. In other words, God sees us just as we are. He sees you in your faults, in your failures. He knows what, you're like. he knows what you like when you wake up in the morning and when you're in a bad mood and a good mood. The Bible says God still loves you. And he wants to live in you. Now, he's not going to bust the door down and make you accept him. He gives you the opportunity to accept him or to reject him. But here's my question for you today. 
Are you willing to allow God to live within you? Are you willing to allow God to live in your life? Now, if you are, in a few moments, I I can tell you how that can happen according to Scripture. But let me tell you this. When you say, Jesus, I I will give you my life, and I open my life to you to come and to lead me and direct me, God will change your life. And you will become a person who will have the power of God within you that enables you to live a life that will make a difference. And that can touch the lives of the people around you for an eternity. But you have to invite Him in. And when you do, it changed you. There's forgiveness. There is peace that can come in a world, guys, that has absolutely no peace. In a world that is so uncertain. And there's so many uncertain things that have happened in our world just this week. There have been... There have been people, there's been a person in our community who died at a young age. And we wonder what happened. We look over in Japan, we see a tsunami who hit, watch that on the news, and think, what in the world is going on? Does anybody have any control? And then I look into the scripture, and I see that God says he loves us. And that through thick and thin, He will stand with us. And it says, this is what Jesus said. He said, He will stand with you forever. He will stand with you through thick and thin for all time. Guys, we got to love. you got to love somebody like that. There's a story about a pastor who had a, had a son who was just absolutely... Wild. He was rebellious. He was off the rails and just about everything that he did. And there are times when he'd come home and he'd be so inebriated he didn't even recognize his parents. So they're just brokenhearted. They did everything they knew to do. And one night the, the husband heard something about 3 o'clock in the morning and his wife was no longer in the bed. He's like, what in the world? So he got up and he went looking for her. Couldn't find her. Found her in, in their son's room. And the son was just passed out on the bed. And he saw his wife kneeling down next to him and she was she was caressing his dirty matted hair and she leaned over and kissed him and the, the husband said what are you doing and she turned around and looked at him she had tears streaming down her face and she said when he's awake he won't let me love him he said this is the only time that I can love him you know, that, that is how, unfortunately, how God is for many of you. There are many of us who, who run from God, we hide from God, we are disobedient to God. And God, all He wants to do is He wants to reach out and touch us and love us. And yet when we live contrary to His leadership, guys, we grieve the heart of God. Like that mother. But we grieve the heart of a God who loves us so much that, that the Bible says that He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us. Guys, let us not refuse the power and the love of the Holy Spirit by abandoning the direction that He wants to give us in our living. Jesus said, finally, in verse number 23, He said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. What does the Holy Spirit do? But God's given us a promise. He's given a promise to the church, to his followers. He'll never leave us. The Bible says he will serve as our counsel, as our father, 
and as one who loves us. Guys, are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within you to lead your life? I'd like to close with us just simply closing our, our eyes and bowing our heads. And there might be some of you here today and, and you say, you know what, I, I would just like to know the presence of God in my life. I would like Him to be my counselor, to be one who loves me. I would like to, be, like to have Him as one who is my Father. But I'm not sure that He is. Let me, let me just challenge you where you are. Nobody looking around, just silently. You can talk to God yourself and just pray something like this. Just simply say, Jesus, I, w- I, want, you to be, I want You to be in me. I want to follow the one the Bible talks about who says that, that He will love me regardless. He will forgive me. And I want, I want You to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I believe that You died for me and You rose from the grave. And I ask You to save me. If you pray that prayer something like it with their heads bowed and eyes closed, we would love to know that. And the way we can find that out, because we want to get you information about growing in a walk with Christ. You can get your bulletin, you can open it up, and you can fill out that section on the right side and tear that out. Or you can just put the whole bulletin right there in the offering basket in just a few moments. And in the mail, we can get you just some material about growing in a walk with Jesus. That's, that's, what, that's what matters. Others of you are believers and you're followers of Christ already. And I want to encourage you where you are just simply to pray and, and, and tell God, say, Lord, I just want to thank you for being my counselor. I want to thank you for loving me. I want to thank you for being my God and thank you for promising never to leave me. Our God deserves thanks. And we need to remember that he loves us. Heavenly Father, I am grateful for the love that you've given us. I am grateful, Jesus, for the work of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Jesus, that we will sense every time we come together, Lord, may we sense the power of the Spirit of God moving in our midst. Lord, knowing that you change lives and that you change our future. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. This time I'm going to ask our ushers are going to come and pass around the offering baskets. And if you have anything you'd like to share with us, please put that in the offering basket. We'd love for you to do that. But we're going to continue to use this time as a time of worship.
Jesus, we thank you for loving us. We thank you, God, that, that you care for us. You care for us as individuals. And I pray, Jesus, that this week that we will be, uh, that we will experience and be affirmed in our spirit that you are with us. And God, that you desire us. Lord, may you bless this week. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.